Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome to the Wolves Fancast. It's Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's well out there. Um, I am sat here to discuss the post-mortem of the loss to Burnley. I'm with uh, Hoops. Hello. I'm with Dan. Hello, everyone. And I'm with Jordan. Hello. Hello. So, So Jordan, were you you trying to change your intro now? Didn't Dan kind of reference on your on the group chat? Yeah. (laughs) Is it usually an evening all? Yeah, evening all. So I've said hello all now because, you know, we've got worldwide listeners and, you know, (laughs) if anyone wants to tune in after watching that, then, you know, I want to, you know, be diverse. And we're we're a worldwide organisation, so... Yeah. There we go. Imagine if that is like someone's introduction to Wolverhampton Wanderers having sat through that steam out of a sh- <laughs> Jeez. So we'll start like we normally do. We'll start at the beginning. We lined up with a 5 3 2 sort of without a recognisable striker. What were your initial thoughts, George? Were you impressed? Did you think we needed something? Um, I, I, I openly said that. I think that. Playing against Burnley without a recognised striker was criminal, especially a lad who hasn't done anything wrong against Villa or Chelsea. We've paid a good, you know, whether that's real money, faux money, whatever it is, we've paid a, a big fee for him. Jimenez is out. We've got to persist with him and play him. So I was shocked that he didn't play, but I also get the viewpoint of we were trying something a bit different and maybe being intricate around Tarkowski and me, who are obviously big big, strong central defenders that you might want to play on the ball, you know, play on the floor, sorry, and, you know, play through them rather than play around them. Um, quickly saw that Ottersari ended up playing as a, a target man, which is bollocks in terms of, you know, it's his, he played 45 minutes against Chelsea, arguably man of the match. He's a central midfield enforcer. Let me just say, go on, go up there. We started lumping balls to him, which is not his game at all. So I felt unfair on that. And, um, yeah, like I say, pre-game, thought you got it slightly wrong. Evidently, watching that 90 minutes, you got it horribly wrong. Mm. Absolutely. Dan, thoughts on the lack of silver starting? I think one of the most frustrating things we've been on a podcast is we all have to speak with hindsight. We all said, I think the majority of us said before the game that we had to go five at the back just to deal with their aerial bombardment that was always going to come. But we struggled with that. And like I said, when you ain't got a focal point up front, I know he's only a kid, but like what Jordan said, 
he done all right in the two games against Villa and Chelsea. I mean, his short cameo tonight, he didn't he did more than what Otter say we did, where he was crowbarring into a position where he's not comfortable in. I think that was evident from from the off. Really, he put himself a bed, but he looked gangly and very ineffective for me tonight. I've, it's all hindsight, but he massively got that lineup wrong tonight. Mm. Uh, the other alteration in the team was uh, Ike Nuri came in um, for Marcel. Hoops, is that a move you would have gone trying to use our attacking fullbacks, or would you have wanted to keep it a bit, a bit sturdier down the left, knowing that you've got someone like Dwight McNeil coming up against you? It's a good point. I mean, as Dan says, it's it's, it's hindsight. I mean, to to answer your question, first of all, there in terms of Marcel and Nuri. I mean, Marcel's been excellent, hasn't he, recently? I think he's mm. developed a, a level of consistency. And across the back line, he's, he's arguably, or probably there isn't an argument, actually, he's been our, our most consistent. Um, however, you know, in respect to the team, it'd be easy to say, oh, I didn't think it would work out. I was actually all right with it because, you know, that Dan and Jordan have both said, yeah, Silver's done all right. That's all he's done, really. He could... Beyond, you know, go on to do brilliant, but he's done all right. So, to, to me, you know, he's still bedding in, um, you know, irrespective of, of price tag. And I was going to see it as it is, and he's he's done okay. Um, and I think there was just a general perception that, rightly or wrongly, Silver would have just been bullied out of this game. Um, so I could see the logic. Did it work out? Well, you can say now, no. And you know, when he came on, he's got the penalty and he's looked okay, but. For for me, um, the Marcel one is is more of a not a concern, but one which surprised me because um, again, Anuri seems a player who is going to take a little time to settle in. He needs a bedding in process, and Marcel just seems very steady and actually would suit you know the sort of attack from Burnley. But I guess to your point, Andy, maybe in Nuno's thinking was the fact that he would get forward more and give us more offensively um, and, and to kind of counter um, Burnley. But yeah, the, the, the one sort of, as it, as it was born out, was as to say, as I agree with both of you, that just didn't make sense. But some of the other selections, I can't say I didn't think there was logic there because I do think there was, but ultimately it, it hasn't worked out. Yeah, and from what we've heard from Sky commentators, the change in the back line was an enforced one because Willy Bolly picked up a knock. This is the first I've heard of this. I mean, I know they tend to play their cards close to the chest, but it didn't fill me with um, with hope when we had two left-footers, one of which would be playing on the right of the back three either. I felt we looked quite unbalanced, and that back three is obviously where we build most of our attacks from. So I really don't think that helped. Has anyone heard anything about this Willy Bolly injury other than what was mentioned tonight? Or something on Twitter, but that was only because mm. um, of fantasy football purposes that it come up about Bolly might be out um, or carrying a knock or wherever it is. But yeah, sort of the problem is you look at it and again, everything's in hindsight, but you look at our team or you look at that back three all three of those those players were with us or in, in and around the squad the championship season we had. I believe Kilman was there in the under-23s. Mm. Our back three tonight were two central midfielders converted into centre-halves from the championship. And the other one was playing futsal, which everyone I'm sure is fucking 
aware of now. <laughs> we're playing for Maidenhead. Like we're the third. We're in the third season now into the Premier League. We've come seventh and seventh. Last season we were in Europe. We haven't improved at the back at all. No, like, we we, our, our quality. I, I think our recruitment has been really shit. To be honest with you. If you look at it on a whole, of course, there's gems in there, your nettos and your pedences and all that sort of stuff. But that 11 tonight, and I know Jimenez is in force because of you know the serious injuries had, I think that 11 that started tonight was weaker than the 11 that started against Everton the first game of the season in the Premier League. I think we're going backwards, personally. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I know obviously there's, there's Johnny Otto as well, which I know you'll acknowledge. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily d- disagree, um, you know. Samedo, Anori, or Marcel, you know, but I guess more to your point of your, your centre half, really. I mean, Sace for me, you know, as well, I, I don't really expect a side, as you're saying, to be in the third season of the Premier League to still have Sace, you know, mm. with it close to the team. No disrespect to the guy, but, mm-hmm. he, you know, is that the level that we, we, we need to stay at? You know, I, I think retaining someone like Sace, as, as fantastic as he's been, you would think that, you know, we, we could have recruited better for that type of uh, replacement. Um, so, yeah. So, the lineup, uh, just for, for comparisons, the lineup against Everton on the first game of the season uh, two years ago Patricio, Bennett, Bolly, Cody, Doherty, Neves, Johnny, Matinho. Jimenez, Costa and Jota. So, realistically, we've lost Jota and Costa and Doherty from the team. I know, obviously, we've got a few enforced changes, as you mentioned. But, realistically, we, we don't look massively stronger now that we're two and a half years on from that team. I think that's quite a good call, to be honest, George. Yeah, I just think, you know, like I say, you can... Pedence, we've got Pedence right, Neto right. Um, they're obviously mainstays in the team this season, really. But you know, I don't see it. Like you know, I think that again, this it's all chalk and cheese when you're comparing people who are injured and all that sort of stuff. I, I think Samedo is getting a bit of unfair criticism on the whole. Um, and whatever you think of Doherty, as of now in December, Samedo is not worth twenty-two million pound more than Doherty. Whatever you think of Doherty. No. So, in that sort of sense, monetary-wise, you know, financially-wise, we're weaker. Johnny, for me, is our best defender. I've said it, you know, to the coach come home. And I'm not being funny. I'd rather Bennett, Ryan Bennett playing over Max Kilman on the right-hand side of a back three. Like, yeah. very limited. But that sort of game tonight, and again, I can't believe I'm saying I want Ryan Bennett back in this Wolves team moving forward. But you know what I mean, though? It's sort of, mm. he'd, have been, he'd have done a better job tonight than... A Kilman or a Sace because he's better in the air and more robust as a defender. So yeah, for me, recruitment's massive. And I know we mentioned it before. The podcast started or Dan did. We've got to get it right in January because it's a. I think we're sleepwalking into trouble basically. And not, and again, we're not going down, but I just think we're going backwards. And that trajectory will depend on who we buy in January and how we move forward from this. Mm, absolutely. So, obviously, the other issue is at the front end of the pitch. Let's be honest, we've we've never really been prolific as long as we've been in the Premier League. Most of our goals came from the triumvirate of Doherty, Jota and Jimenez last season. I mean, we, we've lost all three of those either through enforced changes or because we've sold them. 
there's no one else in that team who's got much of a pedigree of goal scoring. So how do you solve a problem like that? I mean, Dan, what, what do you think? What, how are we going to solve this problem of scoring goals? Who do you look to? Good question, isn't it? That's, we we just need to try and pick up as many points as we can before the, tran, the, the January transfer. Otherwise, like saying we're we're going to start looking over our shoulder. Um, you look at the sort of the more that Arsenal. I mean, I think they're only six points behind us. Yes, yeah. and Arsenal have been spoke about. It's been a terrible team. So it could quickly become a very nervous situation if we don't start picking up points soon. And then going into January, I mean, I've made my thoughts clear on, on Twitter. We get beat by the Albion. It's, it's pandemonium. It's dandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I will not be happy if we go into the January transfer win. If we go into that game, I think it's the 16th of January, if we haven't got a new striker in for that game, and Jimenez, well, Jimenez, oh, I don't think he's going to play this season again. If we haven't got a new striker in for that Albion game, our recruitment and the owners need to give the Reds a wobble because we're going to slowly start drifting towards that bottom half and we need to start, we need a striker badly because we can't rely on Fabio. He hasn't been brought in to, to be our focal point yet. He's not ready. He might get the occasional goal and I think he will come good in the, in the end, but he's not ready right now and we can't throw him under the buzz by making him our saviour. Yeah, it's a lot to ask of a young man, isn't it? I, th- I think that's the thing. And, you know, I think realistically, you know, I, I mentioned on, on Twitter, you know, you've got players, you know, who've got international caps, loads more experience in the bank, whereby Nuno wasn't so dependent on and would bed them in for longer, whereas Silva, because of the circumstances, is straight in. Now, we can kind of go back to the window and say we're a bit naive, maybe, and not bringing more of an experienced striker to kind of, you know, ch- challenge. And I think that is a little bit of naivety, but... I mean, God, he's he's got he's got to know. At the end of the day, if he hasn't started Silver today, and I really hope he kicks on and this 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 goal gives him a bit of confidence. But the reality, you know, I can build an argument for him not starting against Burnley. But irrespective of that, if you're not starting Silver, then that tells me, you know, he's not ready and he's not ready in Nuno's eyes. So. We've got to get um, a, a striker. I mean, when Pedenza and Neto are on fire, it's great. But particularly with a game against sort of Burnley, where you just want someone to hold the ball and dictate play and keep possession, um, we've got to get that striker. So, um, you know, and, and, and arguably on, on tonight's performance, you know, this, <laughs> um, this is a good case for, you know, at least another centre-half as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um what about an extra midfielder? Because I don't know about you guys, I thought Ruben Neves was absolutely dog shit tonight. One of his worst performances in a Wolf shirt. I, I don't think he completed half of his passes when I was watching. Every ball just seemed to fall to a Burnley player. Do we need some midfield reinforcements as well? What are we thinking? It almost needs a. It almost needs a reset or a. Um, it, we just need to add to the team, but. Not just add to the team for vanity, add to the starting eleven because it's very samey. And I think that mm. watching Neves tonight, he sort of played to the tune of Burnley's tempo. He was trying to play; it just everything seemed rushed. He was trying to rush it. Everything was like forward. It, it, usually, he'd recycle possession, they'd take the time of it, then the launch. You know, the crossfield pass, switch the play, dictate it. It just seemed to be—I don't know what he was doing tonight. Like you say, it was um, a very 
I want to say it was an alien performance, but actually he's been so hot, more so cold recently that it's not a don't get me wrong tonight was probably the worst he's played, but he has had a few bad performances in recent times. So for me, it's alarming. There's a lot of things that are alarming it, it, with the whole throughout the whole team. Um, touch on back on your point there about where the goals are coming from and stuff like Neto and Pedenza are more creators than goal scorers. And I don't think they'll both, both of them, I don't think could get over eight league goals this season. I do think they're more creators. And when you add to the mix then as well of, you know, no Jimenez, Fabio not being potentially ready. And then Adama Troy that's, I know he's come off the bench tonight, but that's 20 games now, 20 league games now, no goal, no assist. It's just not good enough. Oof. You know that's what I mean? This is a player that. who, you know, you watched him tonight, he was just going down alleys again, wasn't he? Like, just no end product. But again, to stick up for Troy Ray, his game is getting to the byline and whipping across in. He ain't got anyone to aim for there, really. So I do feel sorry for him on, in that extent tonight. But yeah, it's sort of the, it's just alarming for me. The, I just don't I don't see where goals are coming from and victories. You know where even victories coming from. I know we beat Chelsea last game, but that was it wasn't smash or grab or anything like that. But it was going back and reverting back to that counter attacking style. As soon as the team invites us on, we lost. Completely mm. lost. Well, thinking about the Chelsea game, that's one of only two games, I think, if I'm correct, where we've bettered our result from last season. So the majority of the games that we've had this season, we've either kept it the same or we've actually dropped points. Um, so I think against Villa, we beat them last season. Obviously, we've lost this one. West Ham, Man City, Leicester, Southampton away. Those are all matches that we either won or drew, and this season we've picked up fewer points. So even though the, we've been saying that we're in the best position, or we've got the best points total for this stage of the season, in real terms, like against the teams that we've already played, we aren't really. And even in the games that we have been winning, I would argue that for long periods of those games, we have looked less than convincing. Yeah, but I, I see what you're saying, but I don't know if you can necessarily use that as a measuring stick because, you know, you, you pick up the points as and when, you know, as, as a direct comparison, you know, there's a lot of factors, you know, involved in that. Um, I, look, I, as any, everybody listening tonight would, would be disappointed, you know. Yeah, Neves was, was awful today, but he looked like he was back to his best against Chelsea and, you know, we... You know, football's, football and football fans, we are going to have short memories, aren't we? And sometimes things can paper over the cracks. But, you know, if we take today's game, you know, half an hour in, we look decent, get that first goal, it's different. Um, we need changes. I'm not overly worried, but um, I think it would be naive as, as a fan and certainly naive, you know, as a as a manager to think that we don't need reinforcements. And uncomfortable he's, he's going to bring people in because... He's tweaking uh, and, you know, we talk about this transitional season and it's just going to piss people off hearing it because, um, to, to Jordan's point, we can be transitional, but surely we should be progressive as well. You know, we should be looking to to improve and advance. So, you know, transition, OK, but let's not just write off the season on the basis that we're transitioning mm. because these players should be looking to evolve and the squad should be looking to evolve as well. Now, ultimately, that you know, They've got training sessions day in, day out to, to, to iron out these sort of things, you know. So that's only going to go on for, for, for so long. But we've got, a, we've got some tough fixtures coming up 
and I think after that performance, as Stan said, I think we're just waiting for January. But um, I'm disappointed, but I'm, I'm trying to find some context in this because I think, you know, with a few, with a few tweaks and this young squad, what was the average age? I think 25 with Matinho dropping it down. We've got players who can, who can you know, hopefully can develop and push on Silva and Naori, you know, and even Vitinha for the second half of the season. Those are the positives anyway that I mm. can try and draw. Yeah. So we've spoke about the back three. Uh, there's another player really who's been singled out over the last few weeks has been shit, for want of a better word. And that would be Nelson Samedo. We had a couple of questions in from Salp Demore and James Dickinson questioning about Samedo. Uh, one asking, how can it be so bad at defending? And the other one, should we sell him in January? I think on the basis of tonight's performance, I think those are quite harsh questions. Yeah, he's been a little bit hot and cold at, at best, let's be honest. Um, but what, what did you think of Samedo's performance tonight? Has he been getting some undue stick over this one, do you think? Dan, what, what are your opinions? I think he's had an overwhelming amount of flack that maybe he hasn't deserved, but I think his um, transfer fears caused the majority of that flack. I think when you when you see a club like ours, I mean, he's, he's our record signing now, isn't he? Or he will become if we... Well, we ain't going to flip him, reach the levels of like 37 million because we're yeah. going to get in here with him right back, aren't we? No, that's true. I don't... I don't, I don't I, I've made my thoughts clear numerous times. He's ex-Barcelona, he's racked off. Barcelona, <laughs> Barcelona as a team now are the Barcelona that I grew up watching. Ronald De Boer, flipping Michael Reisiger, the list goes on of elite right backs that Barcelona have had. Sergi, I don't, I can't. There's that many I've forgot them all. But 37 million, he needs to be better. He, some of the the fundamental mistakes he makes as a fullback is mind-boggling. I'm, I'm five foot three and I've played right back. You do not allow yourself to get <laughs> under the ball for headers the amount of time that he does. It is ridiculously poor. I, I understand he might have looked good going forward for Barcelona, but if you can't, if you can't defend as, as, you, as your first step, you, you're not you're no useless going forward. So what you're saying is, yeah, fuck him off in January. Let's get Doherty back. <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd be, I'd be, I wouldn't begrudge Wolves for offering Spurs a swap. <laughs> That's fair. Hoops, uh, what are your opinions on on the divisive Nelson Semedo? I think he's, he's he's becoming a bit of a scapegoat, but yeah, I think some of it is is probably fair. Some of it is unjust. I think as Dan was referencing as well, that the profile of the player, I think, dictates people's expectations. Mm. And I don't think he's lived up to probably everyone's expectations. I think we're probably all excited to get him in, you know, and he hasn't he hasn't delivered consistently. There'll be people like Gully and or Ben Husbands of this world who'll all say tactically he's this and he's that and we're digging him out. But, you know, generally he, he hasn't got it together uh, we won't sell him you know it will be such an admission and we're not going to obviously sell a player who's not in good form for, for such a low fee so from a business point of view that that won't that's not going to happen 
Um, so I'm just hoping he has a, a better second half of the season. Um, you know, I, you, I'll try and make comparisons and, and try and be fair to him and say he's coming out of a Barcelona style and a setup. But you know what I mean? Look, Johnny Johnny came out of you know the same the same league as a fullback and has settled quite quickly. You know, he's not a kid, so there's no reason why he can't adapt. Um, but maybe he's just one of those players that just doesn't work with this this system. Maybe he's, he's used to better quality players. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making excuses for him, but um, <laughs> it hasn't worked out so far overall. Um, but I don't know, George. What do you think? Do you think you know there's there's got to there's, there's got to you got to leave the door open for him? No, you can't get rid, rid of him because it's not just on the fee, but there's obviously a player there. Uh, yeah, for me, it's. Um, I think a lot of it has been a bit. Um, was probably a bit unjust at times, but he um, he doesn't help himself, does he? Like I saw on Twitter about him, uh, you know, people slagging him off for that first goal because it's come down the left, and you know, he, where was he? Because he basically he was at the top of the end of the pitch where the attacks broke down. But actually, when you watch it back, Dan put a picture in the group. He's jogging, in he? You know what I mean? It's sort of, it's lethargic. There's no urgency. There's no, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I want to stick up for him because I do think there's a player in there and I feel like we keep chopping and changing system. We keep chopping and changing who's in playing in front of him, whether it's Troy Ore, Neto, Otisawi, who knows what, who might end up there by the end of the season. Um, so I don't, I feel like you've got to give him a bit of time. And we're quite used to, I think we got quite lucky in the way that we, you know, we brought Raul, we brought Johnny, we brought, well, Pedence to some extent, and Neto again to some extent, where they took the league quicker than others. You've got to remember, Dendon didn't even play for us, did he, for six months? Um, And the fact that we sold Doherty, is um, we've had to just put him in. And... I think there is a player there. I wouldn't want to write him off just yet, but my point what I made earlier, is he £22 million better than Matt Doherty? Absolutely not. On the evidence right now, absolutely not. Hmm. But he's also not had a set of backline, as he as well, you know. No. So, that, that you know, I know, I know I'm, I'm trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate, but I actually think it's fair because I think you can kind of go too far on one way with him. And, you know... Sometimes it just doesn't click straight away. Um, so, you know, he, he's got he's had to adjust to that. Um, but no, I mean, you, you you can't... Anyone can't build an argument in terms of, you know, if you're looking at it from a value point of view. Um, but le- but look, you know, Doc had a good run with us and, and that was that time. I don't think we're going to be harbouring back to, to Doc, you know. We, we, we try and make it work with, with Nelson. Mm. Dan, did you have a point to make? Talk about like players needing in like you know a bedding in period, and you look at how sort of shaky we've been at the back. And we was talking about right centre backs earlier. Why hasn't Hove been given a chance yet? I was going to come to Keanu. Um, you are right. Yeah, obviously we spent twelve million on him, so it's not like it's not chump change we've spent there. Playing Why that West Ham game, it? I think he came off the bench against West Ham. Had a cameo, but apart from playing in the flipping number one pizza competition. <laughs> <laughs> Where where is he? Does Nuno not rate him? Is it another player that needs bedding in time? Obviously, I can't see Nuno dropping Samida because of the price, which is on his current form ridiculous for me. 
I, I think it's more of that. I think it's more of a a price tag thing and a. I don't want to say he's got his favourites, but it's a you know he's a record fee. He's come from Barcelona. He's Portuguese. Mm. He's, there's so many factors as to why Nuno would drop him. Um, I think that might be in the back of his head. But ultimately, put it like this, if Johnny was fit, Johnny would be playing right wing back right now, wouldn't he? And Marseille would be playing left, even if Johnny was remotely fit. Um, Mm. I I still want to give him a bit of time. I don't want to write him off yet. But it's got to change quick, hasn't it? Uh, Because even from a, again, Doherty, from a defensive point of view, say what you want about him. He, he was very much, as it proved by him Spurs, he was very much a system player. He suited our system playing five at the back. Mm. But from an, we've lost that attacking output now. And Samedo, he he's, he's not going to give us those sort of returns in goals or assists that Doherty did. Whatever, whatever you think of him as a footballer against Doherty, that those actual stats, if that's what you're looking at, in black and white, he's never going to beat those stats. I can tell you that now. No, no chance. Matt Doherty, is the fullback equivalent of Lionel Messi? <laughs> l- l- hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> he is a fantastic system player, but put him in another team, it doesn't work out. <laughs> you just bringing Messi into this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just shut up about Messi. I, I feel I've been, like we need I've to been distracted really. because I've just read a few, um, couple of Twitter. Nuno's lagged into the referee tonight. Really? First time okay. he's led into a referee in his old time at Wolves. On the back of that performance, he's gone for the referee. What's he criticising the ref for? Because I just I don't want to see him more. I told him, I hope he does not whistle a game of ours again. He, <laughs> can, cannot, he cannot control the players. He does not have the quality to whistle a Premier League game. Both teams, the players lose their focus because they're always arguing the decisions. Oh, this is bollocks. Yeah, isn't rubbish. It? That's it's absolute. And, and 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 you know, we don't want to see that because to me that that unnerves me. That he feels compelled to say that. I did see him, and you might have seen it as well. Have a little bit of a word to him at half time as he was doing that walk from the end of the the stand at Burnley as it is to and had a bit of a word with him. But I don't know unless I'm seeing something else. I mean, this is Burnley. Yeah, were they physical? But were they? If the Not players decisions, I mean, whatever. I mean, that's that that's poor. Um, for me, it screams crack pressure. To mm, yeah, pressure screams the pressure's getting to him. And I mentioned it earlier um, in you know in our chat and stuff. And um, again, obviously, I had to put a disclaimer out in my tweet earlier about Nuno um, that it doesn't mean I want Nuno out. But the way it's going at the minute, he's sleepwalking to the sack. And I'm happy for that to be clicked, and I'm happy for anyone to. <laughs> Call me up on it, but Foden have been ruthless. So if we come outside the, I think if we come outside the top ten with this current squad we've got, the investment he's had, Foden aren't going to accept that. And there's nothing right now, other than that Chelsea result. I'm watching the team. I'm watching this new style of football that apparently we're playing, which we're not. For those that are can't haven't seen the audio, Jordan just do <laughs> it with the inverted commas. <laughs> progressive football is promised. Ain't happening. He's um, yeah. Ultimately, if you're looking at um, work, you know, I work in a sales job. He's not eating his KPIs or his promises to his mm. boss, and the owners. Yeah. So he's sleepwalking that way, and. Again, I'm not saying I want Nuno out or anything like that, but if it carries on, he'll get himself sacked. 
Yeah. So we, that, we had a question. <laughs> we had a question on to his corner from Christian. Um, has Nuno taken us as far as he can? Surely with the quality of players we have, we should be doing much, much better than we currently are. The stats since Project Restart would suggest Nuno has. We can't use the season of transition excuse every week. Hoops. Is this the um, the beginning of the end? No, no. I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not in, you know, um, a school of thought where I think he's taken as far as, a, uh, as as he can, simply down to, you know, what he's got in his back catalogue. And, and what I mean by this, because I don't think you should be born too much on sentiment just because it's been great in the past. Suddenly, you know, he, he he's exempt from criticism. The point I guess I'm trying to make here is there has been dips in form in Nuno's time with us, where and to this point he's 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 managed to reverse the the trend and he's managed to book the trend. So at this stage, no, but I'm not naive to think that you know he's he's not immune from criticism as he should deservedly be getting and not giving it out to referees. He should be looking a little bit more insular, and I hope he is. So no, to, to answer your question, in my opinion, no. And I think there's opportunities for him to again show his tactical clout. And I think Jordan mentioned, you know, pressing the reset button. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. So at this present time, I don't believe he has because I still think he's got the ability and the tools to to turn what at the moment is is a pretty overall poor uh, show of uh, results and performances. I would to add to that. I would say he's got a lot of grace for the fact of what he's done with us in such a short pace of time. He has got that, a lot of grace where mm. he's got time to try and, to, uh, again, touch him wood. I, I don't think there's any danger of going down, but there's, I don't think there's any danger of getting into Europe this year either. So he probably has got this season to turn it around or at least start showing signs of what he wants to do moving forward. To counter that argument, um, and play a bit of devil's advocate here. He the it proved that the Porto job and the Valencia job was too big for him. Mm. In the fact of they got rid of him, he didn't succeed there. He come to us, he won the championship with us, and you know we all know what he's done for us as a as a club and a city. Um, however, again to add another caveat to that, he's the best manager in our lifetimes. One hundred percent, probably everyone on this podcast or anyone listening. But he's also done that with a hundred times the resources of any other manager that we've had. I'd like to say that I think that if you give most championship managers Ruben Neves, Willy Bolly, Diogo Jota in the championship, they are likely to get you out of that league. What he's done after that, you can't argue with that. Getting a set back-to-back seventh position places. However, yeah. I, I'm at a point now where I don't think he's taken us as far as he can and he's got all the grace in the world to go and do that. I'm just sceptical as to whether he can do it, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. Dan, are you Nuno out? Where are you standing on this one? It's it's a very tough line of um, how to answer that without saying Nuno out. Because, like Jordan referenced, he's earned a lot of grace. But, I mean, I haven't played football manager in years. It, you, you get, like, objectives by the board at the start of the season, don't you? Yep. Yeah. 
So the first couple of seasons is 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 the basic objectives, and then like super objectives. Basically, so in sell, the first yeah. couple of seasons, mm. I, I think he hit his basic objectives. But if someone put me on the spot and said, "Do I ever see Nuno getting us in the top six or past the quarterfinal stage of the Europa League?" I don't. But why would you say that when we weren't really far off last year, were we? Whose fault did it lay out winning? We didn't. Well, no, absolutely. But he, he, the, you know that that sounds as if will he will he not get there? But you know, bar from a, a Sheffield United sort of you know performance, we really weren't far off. I think he bottled it last year, which mm. I made openly clear anyway. In terms of where we were in the league season, it all started with that Arsenal at home game where they were there. They were that Arsenal last season was pretty much the same Arsenal as what it is now. After the beat us, we went on a run and won cups and stuff. But we didn't take the game to them. Then we chucked it against Sheffield United. Chelsea were abject as well. Um, I thought we were fortunate to beat Olympiacos at home in the second leg. And Sevilla, I don't think we ever tried to win the game. You look at the VAR decision that Olympiacos had against them that night, how different that game could have been if that had gone in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah but... right. Look, I get what you're saying. I oh, know it's all ifs and buts on another night. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but if someone was to say to you 12 months from today that Nuno was gone, would you be surprised? No. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, I'm frustrated with how it's gone this season. But I'm, I'm bringing a bit of context to this because, you know, came down to the last game and was just, just picked by, by Spurs. And we weren't, we weren't far off. So I, I still feel... That there's there's an, enough within within him um, that he can re um, you know jig this squad to to get us to finish in the top six. Um, at the moment, we, we look completely far apart from it. But I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't write write him off in that respect. Um, but as I say, I have to caveat it with the fact that this isn't pure sentiment because I don't believe in that because. You know, I always say football's fluid, and you know things can change. You got to keep up, but um, I don't. I don't think that that top six ambition with Nuno is suddenly, um, you know, a pipe dream. No, it's not a pipe dream. I, I just think there's zero chance of it this season with the ba- on the basis of Liverpool and Man City are what they are. Chelsea improved massively in the summer. Spurs improved massively in the summer. Leicester, Everton, Southampton. Um, this is all in the transfer window, by the way. They've mm. all improved massively. They're stronger than us, as the table's proven at the moment. Um, West Ham, David Moyes has got them going. Whether you, whatever you think of them as a squad or a team, they're stuffed us 4-0. And that's what I mean. Sort of, It just feels like we are starting to go backwards. And like I say, I think Nuno's got all the grace and will in the world to ultimately walk out of the job when he wants to. However, I think that the rate it's going, I think that Fosen might get rid of Nuno before Nuno walks out on Wolves. That's, uh, that's fair, to be honest. Um, we spoke, obviously, at great lengths about what a shit show it's been tonight. The one bright spot, uh, bright spot even. Um, Fabio finally got off the uh, the zero goals. I thought he did well to win the penalty, and then I thought it was a hell of a finish on the penalty. Obviously, it was just a small cameo, but... What are your thoughts on um, that one good thing that happened? 303 goals behind Bully now. 
We do, I think we all just hope it's a platform. Ultimately, we we, we hope mm-hmm. that you know that, and that's all we can, we can hope for. And it, and it gives it in confidence because, God, it can't be easy for the kid when he's been thrust upon, you know, onto the scene with sort of you know the Jimenez injury, and then he's been brought in, taken out, um, which again would have knocked his confidence. But um, yeah, I, I think we just hope it's a it's, it's a platform and, and, and gives him confidence into the next game. One thing I'll say on it is Cojones, because he, mm. um, I thought he, you know, I thought when he come on, he did everything right again, pretty much. I, I thought he was pretty faultless when he come on. He he did well. He manufactured winning the penalty himself. He dusted himself off, and as an eighteen-year-old lad, he could have quite easily shied away and give it to the ball to Matinho or Neto or you know someone else. And he he grabbed the ball. I'm having it and. He put it away nicely, and I think that shows the sort of the level of play we've got there. The confidence he's definitely mm. confident, and I think that he's just got to grow into that body. And I think we've got a serious player on our hands here. It's just you've got to give him time. We've got to let him in bed, and we'll see the best of Fabio Silva in a couple of years' time, whether that's he's still at the club or not, or whether Mendes moves him on and his monopoly go like merry-go-round. Who knows? But I like to see him stay for for the long haul and I think there's a real talent there I don't know this is it ain't the right saying really he's not been thrown under the buzz but we're asking so much of this kid I think someone mentioned him before the game we were talking about Sam Vogues how good he was for us when we got promoted mm. we had like three strikers ahead of him that season from Eddie Banks Iwalumo Keo Fabio Silva shouldn't even be our second striker this season and now somehow out of you know, a miraculous, unfortunate turn of events. He's our, our main striker. It, we have to persist with him as our main focal point in these games going forward until we bring someone else in because at the moment we're asking too much of Neto and Powders to create everything on their own without a focal point. No, I, I think I think Dan's spot on. And I, and I think, you know, the, as I said earlier, we wouldn't expect him to be playing in these games or to be involved. Potentially, there may have been a loan or just a... A drip feeder games in in the the cup competition. So for him to suddenly become our focal point is huge. But then, if it's six or twelve months earlier than we expected, and opportunities arise from it, let's just you've got to just manage him right, haven't you? Really, because you know if he's played too much, um, then it can hurt his confidence. But you know, ultimately, there's opportunities there. Um, so, but he, we talked about it early. He needs support in January, there's no question. But that's not going to do him any harm, is it? You know, getting a penalty today, you know, under the circumstances. Uh, we're talking about the sliding doors moment in the fan cast numerous times. If he would have missed that penalty tonight, a lot of Wolves fans would have seriously rolled him off forever. Yeah, fair play to the kid for putting it away. Yeah, definitely. Right, I think we'll leave Burnley there because. We could talk to the case, come home on it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so, up next, we'll be chatting about Spurs and then doing Twitter Corner. Hi, 
Hi everyone, Matt from Walls Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com. They'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back. Speaking of which, who's got my baby oil? Welcome back. So, obviously we've got to get the small matter of Christmas Day out of the way. And then we're taking on the mighty Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, after a very good start to the season, the, I'm not saying the wheels have come off, but they haven't won in their last three games. So. Dan, tell me about Spurs. What, what do we need to be weary of? I think everyone who plays fantasy Premier League knows Son and Kane, keep them quiet and we can win this game. But it's a massive task to keep one of them quiet, never mind both of them. Mm. Tough game. Uh, we, we could easily get a result, but it's going to be a tough game. But we, we, we blew hot and cold against Spurs last season. Obviously, at home, we managed to somehow contrive to lose a game that really we should have been winning. And in the away game, we had an excellent result. Was it 3-1 in the finish, I think? 3-2. Um, 3-2, was it? Sorry, yeah. So, it's a team that we know quite well, and it's a team we know we can beat and that we can lose to. George, what, what are you thinking about the uh, big game? It's almost like um, Obi-Wan, isn't it? And Anakin Skywalker. It's like you've got new, you've got Mourinho with all his pragmatism and you've got Nuno with all his pragmatism. And what is going to happen in this game, in my opinion, is Mourinho is just going to sit back and play as Spurs have been doing all season and he's the master at it. And I, I think he's a great. I love him. I watched the documentary. Love his ethos, shit housing, all that sort of. I actually, you know, I actually quite admire Mourinho for what he's done. Spurs are going to invite us on. To the we're going to be able to play. We're going to play in front of them, like we've done against Burnley. But they've got a lot more quality going forward than what Burnley have. And you saw what Burnley have done to us tonight. So we need to be careful, basically, of that threat of Son and Kane on the break because I've got no doubt we'll probably end up with more of the ball. We'll probably be playing, you know, look a bit pretty in front of them. But when they counter, they can really, really hurt you. So we need to be careful. I think it's a winnable game, but it's all about what you do. It's more so stopping Kane and Son rather than anything else. They don't, they don't scare me in the slightest other than them two. Hoops, are you a fan of Mourinho? I do. I like Mourinho. Um, you know, I think like many of us, like Jordan referenced, you know, um, have watched the documentary and I, and I, I do like him. And I've liked him since um, he sort of burst into the scene. But look, the, the way I look at this, this Spurs game, I think knowing that they're on a bit of a bad run of form, I was kind of hoping we'd get a good win tonight and then it would be less pressure for the Spurs game. But to flip that now... What a great opportunity to to reverse the trend, as Andy referenced there in in the introduction to Spurs. It's a team we know well. It's a team we know knows well. Um, so look, this is this is a big opportunity against a, a big side, and just as disappointed as, as we were prior to Chelsea, 
look, you know, let's go and take on another, you know, side in the capital, a high-profile side, and um, and let's go, let's go and do the job. And nothing would surprise any of us listening here um, if we go and do a job, you know, against Spurs because it's just maybe that's just what this season's going to be like this year. So we're, we're more than capable, absolutely. Who else do we need to be looking out for? Obviously, they spent a bit of money in the summer bringing in um, Benicius. Is that how we pronounce it? The young, um, the young striker. So I think they've got some capable backup there as well as the, obviously your two main men. I quite like the look of that Huyberg as well. He's just like a proper old school shit house, but I quite like him. Is there anyone else in the teams that you were uh, you like the look of? Is that Irish fullback they've got? <laughs> <laughs> The, the, yeah, the one from an attacking point of view is Reggion as well, the left back. Mm. Who you know he'll come marauding forward, and Samado is going to have to play well against him. He's got he's got pace. He's um, got a lot of ability. So yeah, Samado is going to be tested as well. So hopefully he passes that acid test, and uh, we can you know put a bit of a shine on his name and Barcelona as a as the, the biggest club in Spain that they are. <laughs> Dan looks unimpressed at that comment. <laughs> I'm I'm buffering. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you buffering like in terms of the computer, or are you kind of buffering in terms of like your mental capacity at the stupidity yeah. of the comment I've just heard? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen how hairy his arms are? Yeah. Look at him. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I, think, I, think, I, think, I think Jordan's trying to balance it with the hair on our face, really, that year, because it's, yeah. it's a pretty hairy podcast, this is, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of look, we look like the hairy bikers, actually, across here, I think. Um, yeah. of beards cameo, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would you line up against Spurs? Obviously, Nuno's been tinkering between 5 3 2, 3 4 3, 4 3 3, 4 2 3 1. Christmas tree, you know, all these different bollocks. How are you going to line up? What, what's the best way to nullify Spurs' attack? Because for me, they do have several outlets. Like you say, you've got the quite strong left side, which is going to be up against Samedo. Do you want to leave Samedo exposed going up to against one with Son and Regulon? Or do you put Traore on as well and try and at least occupy their players? What formation would you be going for? Hoops? What are you thinking? Maybe one nine one. No, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I think you know. We, all I want to see is a reaction. You know, in terms of um, formation and tactically, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I, I just hope that we kind of don't pay them too much of a compliment and play to our strengths. Um, in terms of how I see us personnel wise. Um, I, I would be I would be surprised if he changes formation at the back, but uh, personnel I think we're, we're ex- well. I would expect to see some changes. Marcel coming in, for example, um, and I don't know. Do you, do you think? What do you think? Do you think he's going to go Fabio on the basis of, of this game? Because was the Otisoe sort of selection and where he was purely based on the fact that. Burnley had those lumps at centre half to occupy. I don't, you know, so that's got to be a different approach against Spurs, as Jordan says, from a, a side that are kind of a little bit like Wolves were in their peak in terms of retaining 
possession and kind of happy to sit off. So, I, I would like to see Fabio given a run. I've got to be honest. I don't see the point in him just getting five and ten minutes here and there. It's not really going to help his progression. I know it's throwing him in at the deep end, but I think as a player, you've got to, they do get that sink or swim moment, and this could very well be his. Plus, you're playing against Spurs, who they're players that they are good on the ground. They they can play, so why not run at them and test them? I think personally, Dan, what, what do you think about um, Silva? Are you starting him? Are you benching him and, and keeping him for later on in the game, or what, what do you think? It's a tough one purely because how good Tottenham are going forward, but it's obviously it's all hindsight again. We should be trying to make the most out of our players instead of trying to stifle another team by negating ourselves. I 4-2-3-1 I for me, but then you, you are leaving yourself open to be attacked against Son, Kane, Bergwijn, Don Bella. But I still think we've got players in our, in, in, enough in our front line to outscore a lot of teams. It's, it's a tough one at the moment because... Defensively, I, I don't think we're that great, but I think we can we can score goals if, if we've got Neto, Pauldens, Adama, and Fabio on that field. It's it's a tough one. I don't I don't envy Nuno at the moment, but I think it's, it goes back to how poor our, our summer recruitment was. We we ain't got a lot to play with. Jordan, thoughts? I think Nuno's either after blaming the refs after today, I think he's a breakdown away from being Mike Bassett. He's either going to call up Benson and Edges. <laughs> Or he's just going to tell Tim Spears in the in the press conference he's going to play four four fucking two. Um, I don't know. Is the answer? It's um, and I, I know that to make for good pod listening. I don't know, um, and I don't know what Nuno is going to do. I don't think Nuno knows what he's going to do. Like that's been the we've had such a almost let's call it like a skeleton a mantra like. You've always been able to pick the one to eleven week in week out before even it's announced or you see it on Sky mm. Sports. At the minute, I ain't got a fucking clue. A who's playing, what position we're playing, if we're going to play counter attacking or on the front foot. Like I don't know. Who knows? And like I'd like to see us. I always think we're a better team on the front foot going forward. But damn's it, the nail on the head at the minute. Like. I don't want to play. I don't want to play four at the back. If that means playing Cody and Sace centre halves, or I don't feel like we've got the players to play that system. I almost feel like we need to be. I think the squad of players we've bought have been naturally to play the three four three, three five two five three, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And as much as I want to see all these players on the pitch, I don't think we're good enough to be that expansive. So I think he'll revert back to his, you know, three four three or. Three five two. Yeah, um, I, I think he's probably going to go to basics. I, I do expect to have at least three at the back, to be perfectly honest as well. Just because you need to try and stifle that front line, I think it makes sense to try and stop them. So, score predictions. I think this is quite a tough one myself because I, I really could see it going either way. So I'm going to sit on the fence and say 1-1. One, one. Um, Hoops, what are you calling? Um, I was, I was, that was, I was going to go one-one. Um, I was, I was just thinking at this point in time, kind of just a confident and a more improved draw would do me. So yeah, I'd also, I'd also go. Well, just vary slightly. 
Um, I'll go to own that. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in this one. I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, nil, nil. But if it's a good nil, nil, I'll take it. Fair. George, what about yourself? Into the first time ever on here, I'm going to predict a defeat. Um, I just can't. I've got no confidence in this at the minute. And that's a real shame. Um, I think I think we'll lose 2 0. Dan, put us out of our misery. What do you reckon? Um, I'm with Jordan here, to be honest. I'd really fear for us um, against this Tottenham side. I think they're that, that good going forward. Like you said, the, is it three defeats in a row they've had now? Uh, a draw against Palace and then they've lost the last two. So, I mean, yeah, they, they need to get back on winning ways, don't they? 2-1. Hmm. Um, to them. You decide. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should splice Adam Price in to tell us that we're going to win 4 now, just, just for that little bit of levity um, Right, so Twitty Corner Our very own Kim has sent us a question Name something more frustrating than our short corners What the fuck was that about tonight? That was ridiculous I know. I was just, I, I was just catching up on some tweets. Actually, what that made made me laugh, and I think it was Jason Jeffries who was on. Saw us from the pack. Quick plug recently. He said, "I bet we're going to take a short penalty." <laughs> 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 because to, to to Kim's point, but the the thing is, I, I've got. To, I'll have to try and stick up for the short corner there, but they are painful to watch. Against Burnley, you're not going to get much joy, are you? You know, ultimately by lumping it into the box. So they were trying to play around that, but irrespective of who we play, they're persevering with these short corners. But they haven't worked yet, have they? they I get the idea to lay it out to Neves, Neves on the half volley shoot, but they're not working, and they are really frustrating to watch. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I don't get the I don't get the whole point of the short corners because either way, the ball's going in the box. Yeah, You're in the shitter. No, I, 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 players no. out of position, isn't it? I think, but. You, but you, you're making it not you personally, Hoops. Nuno <laughs> or whoever is making it out like Burnley and some twenty foot monsters that you know, like Space Jam or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Get the ball in the box. All it takes is like a, 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 the slightest ricochet to land to one of your players. I mean, at one point, at one point, we had three players around the corner flag. It's it's ridiculous. The only thing that's more frustrating than our short corners is when it, when people don't let you out at a junction. Jordan, opinions? They're just bollocks. <laughs> no, 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 I just don't see that. Just get it in there. Like, you're right. Anything can happen. Ricochet, anything. Handballs are stupid. Just compete. You might land on a defender's arm. You're probably going to get a penalty. Yeah. That defender might clear it with his head and then it might land to Nevers on the edge of the box, like the, the plan from the short corner. Yeah. Just get it in the box. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't give him anything with that. running up for no reason. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it really pains me. Because not you'd have to tell me if I'm wrong. I can't remember one short corner ever working for us in under Nuno. There might be one. There might be one. But, I mean, that one earlier with Potence and Neto and Matino are by the ball. They, they don't know what to do with it, though, then. Like, Matino rolling. They're like, oh, shit. Uh, do you want it? Do you want it? And it just fucking breaks down. It's pathetic. Yeah. It doesn't it feel like it's been worked on, does it? It's no. just it looks chaotic and not in a, a good way either. It feels to me like Matino has to be involved in a set piece. <laughs> he 
he has to touch the yeah. ball within the sequence, otherwise... It doesn't count. It doesn't count. It yeah. might, might be in his contract. It, it genuinely <laughs> might be. It would not surprise me. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, if they're doing these short corners at the minute and Matinho come and waved at me, I'll tell him to fuck off and put the ball in the box. <laughs> put it in the box! You wave, wave him off. Get... Yeah. The, the thing is, like I say, I mean, you, you can kind of try and balance it because there's got to be a reason for it at the end of the day. There's got to be a reason for it. And it's it, and Nuno would, would, would probably say it's playing to his strengths, he's playing it on the floor, he's trying to bring players out of position. But as Dan's reference, it kind of it makes a bit of a mockery as if with this timid junior side and we're up against you know the Holland mm. Globe Troppers or Space Jam FC as, as he said you know you've got to back yourself haven't you? you've got players there that can surely win the ball or cause issues in the box but at the moment it's just it's actually what it's doing it's giving their defenders more time to, to organise yeah absolutely uh, Elliot Rollison asks unlimited pigs in blankets or never have to play at Burnley again which would you choose Dan, pigs in blankets or Burnley? Which one would you prefer? I don't, I don't get the sense of the question. Does that mean yeah. that you can never have pigs in blanket or? No, unlimited. So you can have all of them, like as many as you want, but you've got to play at Burnley again. Or oh. no pigs in blanket ever, and we don't ever have to get to that shithole again. What would you choose? I'm just still boggled by the question. Just. <laughs> <laughs> You just so we basically just lose three points every season at Burnley for the sake of some pigs in blankets. Is that the question? Know. He hasn't that got into that much depth. Yeah. That's the question, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Grow up. Dan, <laughs> <laughs> are you going to have pigs in blanket at Christmas Day? Probably, but not like it's. I mean, like the question, like just would I rather. Have a finger cut off or play at Burnley every week. I'd probably play at Burnley every week. It's just, just shut up. Grow up. Pigs that's in one, blankets. Pack your bags. That's one subscriber we lost. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Dan's on one tonight, mate. Sorry. Uh, Todd DeWitt asks, I'm scared to ask this now because of Dan. Um, what exactly is eggnog? What's eggnog? <laughs> we don't really have it in this country, do we? I don't think. Other than in the Starbucks eggnog latte. That's the only thing I know of. Mm. And you've ever tried it? I think it's alcoholic. That's all I know about it. Yeah, I think it's bang average. But it I was... It. I had a Christmas quiz at work, though, and it is the, the origins are from England, I believe. Okay. Well, I don't know what... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess if Todd's asking it, he must kind of think that it's a, it's a British thing, but... Um... What would you rather have? Unlimited eggnog? <laughs> <laughs> or not play at Bramall Lane? <laughs> would you rather be drowned in eggnog or, or have to sit in the away end of Burnley every game? Uh, and we've had a question from our very own Richard Hobbs. Long-time listener, first-time correspondent. Favourite place to eat in Wolverhampton and its surrounding areas when there isn't a national lockdown. Where are you going for your grub? Hoops? Um, if, it's, if it's a special occasion, Fumi is, 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 is decent and you might get to see a, a Wolves player. Um, 
there's, there's probably others that I can think of, but yeah, I'll let the others pick up some some other establishments, maybe a little bit more better budgets wise. But Fume is a decent one for if you want a nice uh, nice and uh, nice Italian meal. I've never done that for you, mate. But I know you and Pricey have been a few times and raved about it. Check that out, George. Where are you uh, taking your lovely partner for a, a nice meal out? That's my starter, please. I'll take her to Casa del Warstone to take her to the lovely Indigo, especially now they've got that little cocktail bar opening up as well. But in all seriousness, Indigo, elite Indian food, great service. Um, if people would prefer a Chinese, I can highly recommend Queens in Wolverhampton Town Centre as well. Right by the, well, I think it's the back of the Grand Theatre. That's good food as well. Mm. Daniel? Um, I'm, a bit, I'm quite chainy. So I'm going to say Miller and Carter on the Pen Road. But also like um, Bella in Chapel Ash. Okay, fair enough. Andy, what about you? Uh, there's a place in Sedgley called Casita, a nice Italian restaurant. I've been there for a while, to be fair, but every time I've been, I've always had nice food, and I do quite like an Italian. I mean, Mexican is probably my number one food, but then I'd end up just being a basic bitch and going to like Chiquitos or somewhere. You'd think they'd be a Mexican, wouldn't you, really, with the Jimenez thing? You know, you'd think they might. Yeah, there's obviously a market here, just, just to get on the, uh, the Jimenez bandwagon. Right, so that is us done for another week. Hoops, we've got um, a story from the pack coming up next week, I think. Um, well, ho- hopefully I'll get it out um, before Christmas. Um, yeah, I recorded one with Aid, who's... Um, if people have seen online, he's a massive Wolves fan. He's part of the, the Tattinson Bin men who are looking for Christmas number one. Um, so I have recorded one with him, but we're going to have to do a take two because there was some technical difficulties. So hopefully that will be with you soon. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we're having a break for Christmas. I think as a fan cast overall, we'll have the post-match pods and um, there'll be lots going on. Have we got another mental health one coming up or...? Um, Matt's working on some stuff at the minute, but I don't think there's anything in, in the diary, just waiting for a few things to click at the moment. So, and the shout out for the um, the guys who did the, the races and pod as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought the uh, the gents did really well. Yeah, a tricky subject that I thought they handled very well, especially considering who was on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> considering well, we, we, we all do this just for the love of wolves, the, the content that this channel is putting out on a regular basis gets better by the week um the, the let's talk about racism episode was another fine spot by the, the group and a, a, another good mm. listen really it's not something i'm very educated on but it, it, it was very insightful and i advise everyone to go and listen to it if they haven't already yeah absolutely obviously we've got a massive back catalogue check out our website it's got a bit of everything from the series to the not so serious on there so i do implore you to to check it out so we're done for another week we'll be back maybe we'll be back with hoops uh if you can get it sorted before christmas if not we'll see you for the post spurs podcast uh, so that's um goodbye from all of us hoops yeah, and, and, and Merry Christmas um, to all our listeners, wherever you may be listening, um, whatever you're doing. Um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for all your support this, this year as well. And hopefully everyone enjoys the, uh, the festive period. 
Dan? Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Don't no. drink and drive. Much love. God bless. George? Yeah, just want to echo those uh, sentiments, really. Merry Christmas to everyone. Hopefully everyone keeps safe. And uh, hopefully Fabio carries on and gets 30 this season. Hands, face, space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Fabio gets 30. I'll grow my hair like him. How about that? There we go. Superb. And your arm shavings. (laughs) (laughs) I've got dreadlock in these as well. It's goodbye from me as well. And as Hoop said, thank you very much for joining us this past year. It's been great. So just take care, be safe and enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.